so today we are talking to Nikita. Hi, Nikita. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Nikita is a software engineer working at JetBrains, and he's also producing a lot of open source stuff. So you can check out his Patreon page, and we will do. Uh, we'll include a link uh, in the show notes. And today's discussion will be about one of the libraries that Nikita wrote, which is RAM. Um, so Nikita, what was the motivation for writing actually the RAM library? Uh, so initially I started it because at the moment all the frameworks that I had they, that um, were there for ClojureScript, they, they didn't actually uh, they came like with their own view how to maintain storage. And mm -hmm. I had another library but that moment uh, called DataScript. I wanted to use DataScript for UI, but I couldn't do that with OM. And I couldn't, I think I couldn't do it with Reagent. So I figured I built something real quick with uh, React and uh, that could work with any kind of storage actually. So eventually it turned out to be uh, the idea behind RAM uh, to be agnostic to storage and actually to be super customizable for your needs instead of like uh, imposing uh, some uh, model of the UI application uh, on you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's you're, you're completely free. It's like uh, a Lego blocks. You, you build what you want. It's, it's like insights are open for your uh, intervention, something like that. Mm -hmm. So when you say storage, you mean the client application states, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Right. And then um, when you, so this was back then when you started it, how's the situation now with RAM? What's, what's behind RAM? Like how one would go about using it and what are the maybe main concepts that you should understand? Um, so I'm not sure if, uh, if uh, since then, I think Omnext appeared and in Omnext, at least on paper, you can uh, switch storages. I'm not sure if anyone is uh, like uh, actually care to do that, or everyone is use, using just Atom uh, for storage. Uh, but but yeah, and uh, since then, well, RAM yeah grew up to be like into a UI framework, which has like the concept of it's like uh, completely. Uh, opinion-less, so it doesn't have uh, an opinion how you should structure applications, so you figure that out by yourself. Uh, it's uh, it's as close to React as it could be. So uh, React is real, really great way to build applications. And RAM, actually, it's like super thin uh, wrapper around it. So whenever you need something from React and you know that, that something can be done in React, it probably can be done in RAM as well. So I just, uh, another idea, I didn't want to invent a whole new way to build applications. I, I didn't know how to build UI applications in the correct way. So I just did uh, a thing that uh, can be used whatever you want it to be used. So yeah, so it's basically many concepts uh, real similar to React that actually uh, yeah, it's it's pretty similar similar to React. You have state, you have uh, callbacks, like on component mount, on component unmount, on render stuff like that. It just uh, a little bit like adapted for closure, 
uh, with uh, like where in RAM, for example, where you call set state and it mutates state, right? Uh, in Clojure, instead, we inspect you to provide a function that takes state and returns state, and RAM takes uh, care about when to actually apply the change. So you don't mutate state directly. Uh, RAM does that for you, and you provide few functions to to do to to do the change. So basically, that's another idea to make React uh, more Clojure script like than React mm-hmm. itself, right? Yeah, you mentioned that um, the RAM doesn't dictate how you should work with the state. So it's it doesn't include if you're coming from JavaScript background, it doesn't have like the Redux component or in ClojureScript, it doesn't dictate like reframe how you should manage your state, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, but you also mentioned that it has the state component itself. So you can do like um, stateful components, if you will. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, so, well, state in React, it's it's very similar to local state. Uh, state in RAM is very similar to local state in React. It's basically the idea the component can have its own little bit of internal state, local state, right? Like, is checkbox checked or unchecked? Is panel collapsed or uncollapsed? Like the stuff that you didn't want to bring out to the application model, but you still to need to remember somewhere. Right, and then there is like uh, when you're building, actually building single page application, there is also also a concept of your model or if you of your global state or something like that. Uh, the the initially the first OM uh, was uh, the idea behind OM was that you store the whole state of your application as a nested maps inside the single atom. And you, whenever you need to change anything, you just do a change in that atom, and the, the difference propagates uh, first through model and then through the UI components, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea behind RAM was actually well, we don't. It doesn't have to be that way with RAM, but you can build make it work that way, right? So it's one of the options. Another option is to use uh, many small atoms, for example, and uh, write reactive components that react to changes in each one. So this this component depends on this atom, this component depends on the other one. And whenever one changes, only the, the components, components that depend on it change. This is uh, how reagent works, more or less, right? And this, uh, so you can make RAM works that way as well. So basically, uh, one of the challenges or uh, ideas when I was writing RAM was that make it uh, like so low level that you can reproduce any other UI models that uh, has been invented in ClojureScript community with RAM, right? And you can, you can do that uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And how does the uh, reactive components uh, know what needs to be updated? What kind of, uh, I don't know, transaction is used there? Um, yes, yeah, so reactive components, so there are basically two, two components to that, right? So closure atoms and closure script atoms by extension uh, have uh, the, the thing called watchers. So you can put a callback on an atom, and whenever the value changes, uh, the callback will be invoked. And this is like native closure. You don't need any plugins or libraries for that. Uh, 
so we leverage that. And another part is that React components have life cycle, right? So they have a render, they have mount, unmount. So you actually can be, you can pretty reliably track when component uh, is added, when it uh, updates, and when it is removed, right? And this is uh, very important for building uh, like reliable applications uh, because React gives you that guarantee that it as uh, a callback whenever whenever happens doesn't matter how big the change is, whatever exception or, or not, uh, you will have one, one mount, one unmount, and multiple renders between that. So we track, actually, so RAM has a concept of mix-ins, which basically is kind of uh, a kind of middlewares or interceptors uh, sort of structure, well, functions, right? So... To your component, uh, if you're writing component in RAM, you can add some functions that will be invoked uh, during the life cycle of the of the component. Like for example, the component is mounting, right? And you can uh, add multiple callbacks to when it is mounted. Each callback can change the component state, and they are all chained together, and the resulting state is what gets stored in the component. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, so basically, the active part is just a mixin uh, that uh, adds to mount and unmount and render, and when and <laughs> uh, and it tracks whenever in render the atom is dereferenced. That means that its value is somehow used, right? And if it's dereferenced, we uh, add a watcher to that atom. Uh, if component is unmount, we remove the watcher. So basically, uh, we need that mount and mount thing, and we need uh, to track when the atom is read. So there are two approaches to that. In reagent, they decided to use special type of atoms for that, so they can t- could track when the, the value is read. Uh, but and normal closure dereference, right? Uh, in RAM, I use normal closure atoms, but special dereference that uh, is written is in uh, is, is part of RAM library, right? So basically, there's RAM React call, which is basically deref plus it uh, communicates up to the to the mixin that. Uh, please keep an eye on this atom. So whenever it changes, uh, please call me again, render again, and update me. So basically, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe as we were talking about this part, uh, actually the RAM can also be server-side rendered, right? Yes. So we can invoke everything on the closure side, on the JVM. We can use also RAM and write the static websites uh, without JavaScript? Yeah, yes. Yeah, kind of. So so the idea was, uh, I think somebody did something like that for OM or not. So, well, uh, server-side rendering is React as well, uh, but uh, in RAM, we decided to do it a little bit differently. So React is actually pretty simple, right? And we, we don't even use React uh, per se. So RAM components are actually written in closure structures and hiccup-like syntax and RAM calls, right? So there is no like uh, no React anywhere, 
you can use React methods. There, there is React state buried down somewhere, but uh, you can build pretty sophisticated applications without reaching for React at all, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea was that uh, we can use that, we can execute the same code on a server, but do a different thing here, right? So we don't uh, have an interactive components on a server. Uh, we do one-time rendering and the resulting HTML we can send to the client, which will, which can be like uh, then plugged in into like live React um, application. So uh, we try to make the markup exactly as it would be if generated by server-side React, right? So it, uh, but without React at all. So server-side rendering is completely closure. There is no closure script, no JavaScript, no React. We just repeat like the rendering, uh, emitting of DOM elements from hiccup syntax. We do it ourselves with CSS attributes and all that crazy stuff. And we just try to make it look like what React would produce, right? And it mm -hmm. makes server-side rendering much, much easier for closure applications because you don't have, normally if you use React and you use Node.js, you're probably okay because like it's JavaScript and you can, you're already executing JavaScript on the server, so you can use React for server-side rendering. But if you're writing closure application, you don't have JavaScript environment, and if you try to build one, it would be super unreliable. It will be you need to maintain it and so on. But without it, you just run normal JVM code, closure code, and you get the same markup. So it's it's way better than server side React. Right. Uh, okay. There are differences. So for example, some like uh, because it's one-off rendering, some life. Um, Lifecycle methods doesn't make sense. For example, the uh, will unmount will never be called. For example, right? There's no unmount. There's just single mount and then render, and that's it, right? Uh, there are some some stuff you will have to probably hide from server side rendering. For example, on clicks and stuff like that. Uh, you just listeners? don't. Sorry. Yeah, and I just said all the event listeners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All event listeners, uh, they don't make sense on server, so we just don't emit them. So, and actually, the code that is there, you probably would want to put it inside uh, this conditional closure sync and only add it mm -hmm. on closure script side. But yeah, but uh, the, the, the another great thing with it uh, is that you can actually write a single CLGC file. Uh, with some compiler macros, uh, some uh, condi reader conditionals, but maybe even without them, uh, if component is simple, you can go without them, just a plain CLGC file, which can be interpreted by closure and closure script the same. You will have the guarantee that component will be the same on a server, on a client. It's, it's, it's really great. It's, it makes it easier to add server-side render much easier. Yeah. So what's the story uh, between RAM and the current state of React? Yeah, so um, so the, the thing is, when I wrote RAM, well, yeah, I, I, I wrote RAM a few years back, right? And, mm -hmm. and I built at least one like pretty big application with cognition in it. And we, it, it, it does like everything you want, more or less, right? Uh, but then 
React doesn't. Uh, so React moves forward pretty fast, and they did a lot of changes. And sometimes I'm pretty ha- happy with how RAM is right now, but. Um, it is behind the React, right? So we don't have, for example, cooks, uh, hooks. Sorry, uh, we don't have. Uh, we have some basic uh, support for context. I think I'm not sure if they were finalized or not. We have some uh, fully functional components, but but okay. Uh, I, I I'm not even keeping up with uh, what changes in React currently. The state. Uh, so hard. the fact is. Yeah, it is hard, and they, they do pretty, a lot of stuff. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not. It probably keeps everyone involved, uh, busy. But for me, like I li- I'm all like libraries that are finished and stay as they are without like inventing new shiny stuff. And all. Maybe hooks are better than way to do stuff than it was before. I don't know. Maybe. So so the, the point is people. Uh, sometimes reach to me and ask to implement this or that uh, from new React to bring it to the current uh, state of RAM, right? Right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really have time or energy to, to do that anymore. Uh, so if you want to help with that, for example, if you know know how to bring hooks for React, for RAM, sorry, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would be happy to take your help. Or if you want to, I don't know, maybe maintain the whole repository uh, as well. Yeah, I, I could use some help with that. I can probably would be happy if uh, the right person uh, appears. I would be happy to transfer the whole maintaining of the RAM to somebody because I am not doing anything with it and I'm fine with it. But some people who are using it uh, want more, want, want more action and stuff like that. So. If if you if you are that person, please reach out to me and we can talk. All right, and it, I think there is also the RAM uh, Slack channel uh, or the channel on the Clojurian Slack. So I think people also can find some contact via that. Or yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. Clojurians have have RAM. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, so is there anything else when it comes to RAM that we should talk about? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's, 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 it's really simple. So the idea was that it would be really simple, really basic. It's, it's, I, I think it's less than a thousand lines of code, I hope. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, you, yeah, another point one, it, it was really fun to like to write the library that way, uh, because normally you, you don't do it that way. So normally when you build a library, you write like a lot of documentation, but ask not to look under the hood, right? And with RAM, I was trying to write it so that uh, you are supposed, like almost supposed to read the source code if you need something in there, right? Mm-hmm. So RAM does very simple thing. And if you need to do something, but you think, oh, I cannot do that because it's entire in, it, it's done internally in the library. No, it's like, it's all open. You can just see how RAM does that and do it the same way, for example. And, or, mm-hmm. but, but slightly different, right? So it's, it's uh, the idea was that to let people in and let them change it to their likings or stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if there is anyone interested, uh, please reach out to Nikita and then maybe you will be maintaining the list library if you're interested. 
Uh, so Nikita, thanks again for taking your time and talking about RAM. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.